Brandon. Hey, Alan. And welcome to Dice Over Everything. So at one point, I think we were trying War Cry out, or was it the the 40k version of War Cry? Kill Team. Kill Team. Yes. Uh huh. They're like, okay, what what makes a really good like limited miniature, limited rule set, limited abilities per guy game? And we're mm. like, maybe this will be it. And then it wasn't. It it yeah. It never really. Because we're like, I, yeah. we're like, oh, the 40k I mean, people, we can get them into like playing smaller games, yes. and we can actually use some of these minis that we think are cool, yeah. and we're like, oh, this isn't the game that lets you do that. Yeah, or it's <laughs> just like, I think Warcry was actually, uh, I think Kill Team, it was almost Stepping Stones. It's yep. like Kill Team, we thought that this was going to be the simple game to get everyone in, it's mm-hmm. a small number of miniatures, because I think uh, we've made it apparent that we like skirmish games a lot more these days, yep. uh, but it was almost... It had too much baggage from 40k. All and right. then we played Warcry, and I was like, actually, this game is pretty good, and it's actually pretty simple. And I think it's, if we talk about uh, ease of getting into, I think for 40, like for Games Workshop, as far as what they've released ever, <laughs> it's, right. it, is, it is good uh, in terms of simplifying it. But it still had, in my opinion, a lot of like, it cut a lot of things uh, from the traditional war game that I felt like they still need to need, be there. Oh no, that they, they didn't need to cut. Yeah. That is simple to understand and easy to play, and uh, and then they kept in, they added things that I thought were like needlessly complicated. Mm-hmm. So in Kill Team, there was there wasn't much back and forth. You would have to use command tokens to interrupt to get a bit uh, of back and forth going. There, there was some back and forth. I just yeah. thought it was like a lot of baggage with their AP system, which was imported directly from 48K, which was, it's it's just a minus, but the way that they interacted was quite complicated. And I played Kill Team with, uh, it is simpler than 40K in a lot of ways, yep. but I tried to play it with my nephew. Uh, and he picked up a lot. I think we, we talked about it. I modified it a little bit to make it simpler. All right. And then even with that, uh, I felt like there were still too many rules. He couldn't um, remember like, all the different stats of all the different guys, even if he understood the base rules. And their special abilities, like if they have one or two special abilities, it's a yeah. it's a little too much. Yeah, it was, it was hard for him, mm-hmm. especially, you know, he's really young, and I, he, he, we only play, I don't know, once every couple of weeks or something like that, right? Yep. So then for him to be able to be, even though he's, he's young, he's great memory and whatever like that, as young people do, mm-hmm. uh, still I felt like... It was too complicated. There was a lot of, uh, what do you call it, cruft that didn't need to be there. For right? the core experience. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then after I played Warcar, which to be fair, I didn't play with them, right? Uh, we we had a talk, if you remember, and we are like, what would be the simplest game? Because, I, like, again, I just played this super simple game. Yep. Games Workshop, it was the best, the best simple game they created. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I also had this problem with playing with my nephew, Trying to get them into miniatures games and you know get them while they're young. That's how you get them. Of course, because uh, <laughs> 40k back in the day used to be simpler too and have less minis, yeah. so and it could get was, kids in. There mm-hmm. was also less competition in terms of uh, games for them to play. Yep. Now, like video games are so easy to play, and everyone has and tons iPads of just, and things like tons that. Tons of them are just so free. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it's just so easy to dip them on, onto these other games and not get these miniature games, which I feel like have a longer. Uh, have a greater enjoyment factor and a longer enjoyment factor in my opinion mm-hmm. 
so I ha we had these two things, and I was just like, what do you think would be the simplest game? Yep, and so I guess we played a bunch of Frostgrave lately, so Frostgrave <laughs> was a big influence on what it takes to have like the core stats. Yes. So I think we do, the do, first thing do we talked about... Do you feel like mm -hmm. Frostgrave is as simple as possible? So Frostgrave, I think, is meant to be played as a campaign game, because mm -hmm. that's what they're selling you. That's The fun comes from the story of it being ongoing. Mm -hmm. So what they've created in terms of all of the abilities mostly comes around gathering equipment, yep. which I've... like. The, the first few times of playing Frostgrave, it was just one off. Uh -huh. I'm like, oh, whatever. You show up with a bunch of guys that hit each other in the face. Whatever. This uh -huh. is this is eh, it's okay. Uh -huh. But once you get a campaign going, like it starts to matter more to you the story because like, oh my mm. guys have gathered all this stuff. This guy's now survived. And well, whether actually, you him want... surviving doesn't matter. It's it does matter if he has your best piece of equipment. Yeah, that matters. <laughs> Once you start getting enough money, you're like, hey, you can live or die. You're like, oh, you're holding my amulet of the. Of like the lich, I'm like you are not oh, going to die. Yeah, you can't die. No, this is, this is important. And like so, whenever they mm -hmm. die in the game in Frostgrave, they have what like a ten percent chance of no higher than that twenty percent. It's one in four, right? Yeah, one to four, they're dead permanently. So mm -hmm. if your guy is holding like your best piece of equipment, like and you they die, they you have a twenty percent chance to gather yeah. that thing. Uh -huh. And then, and it was like a one-off piece of equipment. You can't get it anywhere else. And then he he dies in the game. Yep. He only has a twenty percent chance of dying permanently. But if he dies permanently, you just lost that item. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think Frostgrave's rules are actually once I realized that were built really well around mm -hmm. allowing that. Mm -hmm. They also have like the stat lines of the guys are. Like, what doesn't matter is the guy having cool combos for you to pull off. That's not what quite what Frostgrave is. Mm. And I would say the combat in Frostgrave is very... I think that is the most streamlined thing that I is. like about it. Yeah, you don't have multiple dice, so you don't have to keep track yeah, of... That was mm -hmm. a real innovation, in my opinion. Yeah, you could have different stat lines on guys, mm -hmm. but then you wouldn't have to have different numbers of dice because of that stat line. Yeah, so in Frostgrave... I don't know if this is more or less complicated. Mm -hmm. It's more complicated for people who haven't played that game. But you roll one... When, when two guys fight in close combat, it's a versus roll. So you both roll off, right? And then you add your fight stat to see who hit the other person. Yep, so it isn't just about the dice roll itself. Yeah, mm -hmm. so you still have the impact of this guy's a better fighter. But then to see how much damage they do, a normal game, like a normal, the normal way to do it, needs is more roll. Then you do another roll to see how much damage they did. Like oh, oh. D and D. Mm -hmm. I feel like it must be a D and D tradition because yeah. it's basically where it came from. Or uh, maybe D and D probably got it from somewhere else. You've got your strength stats. You got yeah, that. actually D and D mm -hmm. got it somewhere else. So then you have armor. Exactly, you have armor. Well, that, that's the next roll after that. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, you can have all these rolls. But in Frostgrave, you roll that one die. It's yeah. your whoever has higher hits, and then you use that number that you just rolled and compare it against their armor value to see how much damage that did. And I'm like, oh yep. my god, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. But just the idea, like, it's just so outside of the box, but it shouldn't be. <laughs> no, it's, it's very streamlining. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. it's great. Because um, when we talked about, like, making other games, it's called, how do you actually... Like, stream, making a game yeah. is one thing, but then making a game that's streamlined is another thing. And easy to play yeah. and as quick as possible. Mm -hmm. I think that's actually one of the things we were struggling with with the space game, is that uh, to make it the way that we want to, it to play, yep. the game length started stretching out. Right? Yep, and this is something we're still... I think we got it down mm -hmm. a bit, but sti it's still longer, I think, than our ideal, right? Because mm -hmm. our ideal is what, like an... Hour and a half to two hours. Hour, hour yep. and a half, yeah. We said, like, we talked about it before, right? You need 
it needs to be a certain length to feel epic but you don't want it to feel like uh peter jackson epic yes because war bring it back to punch peter jackson in the face the stupid king kong movie that's three hours yeah so because <laughs> bring it back to an even simpler yeah. game from games workshop with underworlds if we're gonna gonna use its okay less used name but that felt very what is underworlds in- underworld oh shade spire yes yes that's what it that's what is it truly it's is actually called warhammer underworlds yes. well yeah, unfor- yeah unfortunately right. yes that's actually I what didn't it's think called about it. yeah <laughs> but on that one the guys have a bunch of abilities each but the game is very short Mm-hmm. But it ends up being so short that you feel like nothing really of consequence happens. Yeah, it was a so little bit. It's, too it's got the short, short part there, but it's probably too far to that. Yeah, that side. Yeah, but at the same time, it is supposed to be like a short, um, iterative kind of gameplay, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like when you play it, you're supposed to play it multiple times in a sitting, like yes. like Magic: The Gathering, right? When you play a mm-hmm. game of Magic. Uh, you at home the, the epic experience is you sit at home you spend hours building your deck yep that that's where it starts that's part of the gameplay then you go into the store and you need to test if your deck is good you don't just play one game to no, test it you're you supposed to play like three games at least I feel like at least when we were playing we don't play match magic anymore but like three games to really see if your deck was working right mm-hmm. otherwise you could just luck out and be like, oh, my deck is amazing, but you were just lucky and got your thing. Or, you or get, the opposite. You get unlucky and you don't get what you need to Yeah, and you're like, oh, for exactly. Work. You don't have that feedback loop for the full game, right? Yep. So when you have it a little bit longer. so. But in Warcry, you're not really... Or sorry, in Underworlds, yes. you can kind of build your deck, uh-huh. but there's not... The building aspect's pretty small as well. No, it's actually quite big now. Really? It's because they there's released enough, so many different there's cards. There's enough cards out there now that there's like you can... There's a lot of cards, yeah. Hmm. Um... I guess it's not as much as magic, right? Because yeah. the the character you choose your your faction, mm-hmm. and then they have you can't change those units, right? They're set. Yep. So I I guess if you enjoy like the magic element of deck building, mm-hmm. you could you could get that enjoyment from time, that game. It is a bit complicated mm-hmm. for the game complication. Like it it could still be streamlined. Right, it's it was pretty streamlined, but there's definitely things they could have made to make it simpler. Yeah, um, yeah. So I guess going back to like what it takes for the minimum to have like a war game, mm-hmm. when it comes to like the number of different, basically it comes down to the number of different rolls you make for the different stats you need. Like obviously movement is the first stat on most stat lines for a reason because your guys yeah. have to move around. Yeah. The question is, can they have different movements or are they all the same? Yeah, that's another Which, way you can easily simplify a game. Mm-hmm. It's like. Everyone moves the same distance. Yeah. Well, so with I'm, with Frostgrave, they've everyone has one movement stat. The terrain doesn't like. There's no special terrain rules for having being able to move over terrain different. Oh, in Frostgrave. Oh, you oh, can fl- oh, you oh, mean no. like there's only one rule. Everyone yeah. is affected by terrain the same way. There's yes. not like well, some a million f- special rules. I guess some well, there are some actually. spells let you change that. Something's or, fly. Or something's fly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but in general, everybody yeah. treats terrain the same way. Yeah. They don't have like two different movement stats, one for moving in one way and one for moving in another way. Yeah. There's just Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think the Frostgrave stat line is pretty streamlined and pretty simple. Yeah. I think the one thing that um I'm not sure if they really needed uh is the willpower stat. Because it comes up so little. It comes up so little. In some ways I think it's actually a cool kind of in theory it's a cool 
stat to have. Yep. I just feel like so the way that it's played, mm-hmm. maybe and maybe this will change in the new new edition with the addition of all these different spells. Yep. But like the willpower stat is just not used enough to make it to, and when you don't use it all the time, it also makes it hard for you to remember when you actually need to use it. Right. Yep. If this rule is like a sometimes rule, you kind of ask to ask if it's so sometimes that you only use it once every four games. Is it just better not to have that sometimes rule, even if it's cool? If, if about everybody needs to have games. the stat, but the stat only yeah. comes up on one guy once every like twenty five percent of your games. Yeah, mm-hmm. like is it really worth having that extra complication, mm-hmm. right? And on the other hand, if you're constantly using it, then even if it on paper seems very complicated, it'll always be present of mind for the for people. So it's a lot in, in some ways over the long run, it becomes easier, right? It's these sometimes rules mm-hmm. that you only use every once in a while that become sticklers, like the gotchas, basically, of, let's say, War Machine, where War Machine has tons of gotchas, where it doesn't come up, doesn't come... Like they have special rules where, where like a, every single guy, right? Every yep. single solo has special rules. So it won't come up, won't come up, won't come up. Oh, this situation, one out of ten games, it can't, comes up and wins me the game. Like... Do you really want that? Some people do want that, right? Some people want that extra, I don't know what they call it, crunchy or whatever. But Maybe. it's not really strategy. It's gotcha. It's memorization. Yes. And there's some fun in having secret knowledge. Like, it's fun to be like, yeah. oh, I have secret knowledge. And, ha, you didn't see my secret knowledge, and I beat you because I have these, you know, the special incantation of knowing this guy being doing, doing this. That, that stuff is fun. But it also can be a real feel bad for the uh, other player. If you're not both into that style of gameplay, yeah. where you're not basically like, oh, I know this factoid, yes. like, oh, but I know this counterfactoid. Yeah, and mm-hmm. like when you're, I'm playing with my nephew, he would definitely not. <laughs> like uh-huh. he's, he's young, he's not as, uh, whatever, he's not as okay with gotchas in general, and then he, we only play a little, little bit, so he's not dedicating his life to it, so he doesn't see them that often, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's all, and, and of course, the same thing with adults can be yeah I think it's a select few grown ups that want to be like oh I have all of the knowledge in this Uh thing I want to show it off to you and you get to show it off in game form yeah and you get a huge benefit from knowing that stuff yep but that that's that game which I would say is the exact furthest point from being the refined game yeah it's not it's a different kind of thing that people want and I, I, I think there's nothing wrong with that it's just fewer people want that and in general I don't want that in my games and I don't know um, if a lot of people want that how like I don't know what the percentage is it's definitely uh, it's definitely not a, zero yeah because lots of games have like lots of little special mm-hmm. abilities for guys like Malfoy's quite but built you want that. you want mm-hmm. some fun of discovery is it the, is it that they want mm-hmm. some fun of discovery and they want tactics to matter and they want like this next leveling idea to matter and they just associate that with knowing arcane knowledge or is it that they actually like the idea of having the arcane knowledge to uh, spring on the opponent who lacks that and beat them because they know the arcane knowledge mm-hmm. is that the reason right or do they have just this conflation like it's it's like arcane ca- knowledge, causation yeah, versus correlation mm-hmm. right it's like they often go together they don't need to right it's just a certain way of a game uses that to to create this kind of next leveling and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. yeah so i guess for us when you talk about the 
simplest game possible. You just move and you hit things. Like literally, it could just be you hit on four and up, yeah. and you everyone moves the same. Like, or you could just automatically hit even. You could like, how much can you take out? Yeah, and the game is still there. Yes, mm-hmm. and it stays and, and it stays in a way that I guess. What do you think is the core? I guess we we just said obviously that we don't think complication or or arcane knowledge is core to making a fun miniatures game. But what is core? What do we believe is I th- core? I think having the down to the thing of having a dice roll or not having a dice roll, I think miniatures games are based around partly having random outcomes mm. so that it's not just like chess or it's not like checkers where it's everything is... It's not like a super beautiful chess board. It's not go, like it's, not, it's not... Everything is just purely definitive. Mm-hmm. You want to have the random outcomes. You don't want yeah. to feel like you're totally in control of everything. Yeah, I feel like you need the randomness. I think there's a couple of reasons why you need that. Uh, one, it models reality more yep. because... In reality, if you if a guy is trying to defeat another person, there's not they never have a hundred percent chance of beating that person. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make or hurting them or doing the the job. That's that's not. It's actually less representative of reality. Less representative than, exactly than pure stat line versus than a randomness, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I think that matters, especially like we've talked about all this time about how it matters that it has to look and feel like it has to be engrossing to model reality enough that it's not just that's what separates it from being a board game so to Mm -hmm. me that's quintessential and part of that uh, is having that randomness not knowing if your moves matter right or not not if they don't matter are guaranteed are guaranteed Mm -hmm. yeah are guaranteed Uh, so I think that is like quint like it's needed as as part of the game. Yep. I guess the question comes down to when you play games where you have like, you have to roll to hit, then you have mm-hmm. to roll to see how if your strength is enough to hurt them. Mm-hmm. Then oh, they have armor, so now you need to roll that too. Mm-hmm. The question is like, do you need all that randomness, and do you need like that level of detail to each individual model to make it fun? Yeah, I would mm-hmm. say if you had asked me, I don't know, five years ago, I would say yes. Honestly, yep. I'm like, of course. Well, how are you going to model like the fact that they have armor and they have all these things? And mm-hmm. then I play Frostgrave, and I'm like, oh, you just roll one die, and it's kind of built into that one die roll, right? About yep. what is actually happening, and and that excitement, like it's enough randomness. I felt felt like with that one die roll. Mm-hmm. Um, so you basically felt then, like, you felt like what happened is random. Like you just have to accept what happens. Yes, it's like. Where armor in that, and I guess in Frostgrave is modeled by just having more life usually. No, life and armor. You have armor. Life, yes, you have armor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's applied against that. Yeah. And like the guys can be bigger, so if they're bigger, they have more yeah. life. So there's... The question is do you need mm-hmm. the armor roll at that point, or do you just need to hit? Mm hmm. And so can, you... can you build it into the hit roll basically? Like if you only had a d6, not a d20, mm-hmm. would you be like, oh, if it's like a armored dude, you need a six to hurt him? Or if it's like semi-armored dude, it's only a four. If the guy's just yeah. like a naked you, armored babe, you only do you need a need two. That? Do you need that? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, maybe, maybe you don't actually. Like mm-hmm. because, like you said, one of the things that often, uh, like you, you just said with Frostgrave, you have both armor and you have life. Right? Those are two different ways to define what you're actually trying to define, which is a guy who's tough. Yep. Right? Someone who can take a lot more damage before they're actually taken out, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, you could say that it's slightly different because you can have, like, a guy who is super tough, but, like... If, if you break through, if you break through the, the armor, they're dead. Mm-hmm. Like, there's that kind of difference. But 
do you, like if if we're just talking about simplifying it to the minimum, do you need those two things to make the game feel epic and also modeling reality and also engrossing you into the thing? Yeah, because I guess with reality, if there's some like if you have giant monster like literal giants in your game, you're like, okay, maybe it's going to take a few more hits than the regular mm-hmm. guy to take him out. So yeah. now you start needing things like the hit points or if you just... Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then I think some people, they're like, actually, you don't need both. Uh, I think there's a lot of games actually where you, they say, oh, you don't need life. Just mm-hmm. have hit, just have armor, right? Yep. And so the really tough guys, you have to roll like, you know, when we played second edition 40k, you have a Terminator. Okay, I guess you had heroes that had more life. The heroes but like, but, but the, the normal but, run of the But 90% guy, of the guys don't have of life. 90% of the guys only have one life point. Mm-hmm. And a Terminator is way more tough because his armor is way harder to get through. Yep. But it also then gives them the state of, I'm totally fine and I shrug off everything. And the, and the other state, which is, oh, I'm dead. Right? Yep. And then the question is, do you... They in in second edition Warhammer forty thousand, mm-hmm. uh, they felt that wasn't enough for heroes, right? So the, oh, the just, heroes had to have multiple life. Yep. Right, and then your question is, well, because a lot of the really, heroes were big models, yeah. though, so it kind of made sense for the universe. Yeah. So then, mm-hmm. but then the the question is, again, I feel like they were right in saying that they don't necessarily need both because they're modeling kind of the same thing. But then, which one do you cut? Yeah, I feel yeah. like it actually makes more sense to cut the armor than mm-hmm. the life and in some ways when you look at Warcry that's similar to what they did they still have an armor thing to, to modify the role you need to hit right when you're trying to damage a guy but they don't have an armor save they got rid of it and they just have some guys have tons of life yep. right um, honestly there's another thing uh, well, how complicated do you need it they have too much life yeah but but now you've got to keep track of things on the board so there's yeah. sort of this balance between yep. just having the thing randomly stay alive longer and then between <laughs> having to just keep track of everything to yeah. keep it alive longer and I think mm-hmm. one thing the one issue with Warcry is that uh, they the, people have like 20 life or something like that right a lot of guys have like the, like the weakest guys some of the weakest guys have like 10 life yeah. which is a lot like normally when we're tracking life in, in Infinity or, or even Frostgrave you can use a die Right, or just like a single token. They have so few wounds, you just throw tokens. Yeah, at them. or mm-hmm. or tokens. But when you have ten life as your small guys, when you're, I guess you can use d10s. But then some guys have twenty life. That's like a lot of life to track, right? Yeah. And then what they had, what did they have to do? They had to have tons of tokens. And what and why did they need the tons of life? Because they wanted a gradient on how much damage certain guys did. Yeah. And so here's the, uh, I guess this is the second thing. I guess this is, do you need to have that much gradient? Do you need <laughs> to have giant guys in the game? Like, or do you need guys to be able to do like twice as much damage as other guys? And is it, do you need that gradient of, oh, I, my, my main guy does like two damage, and then I, I want a guy that does four damage, and then I want a guy that does six damage, and then I want a guy that does eight damage. Do you need that level of gradient? I guess it depends on what type of game you're trying to create. If you're trying to create more like of a story-driven game, mm-hmm. then like... A giant battle thing with giant monsters, little do, little swarm, like swarms of small guys. If you want to try and create that feel of the battle, maybe you do need it. Mm-hmm. But if you're trying to create more of like the skirmish game or a story-driven game, maybe you don't need it. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And but at the same time, like, how many? Like, I feel like that gradient almost 
even though it's in some ways cool when you look at the stat cards to say, oh, this guy's slightly better at fighting. Mm-hmm. When you're actually playing the game, like doing four versus five damage, how much does it actually change the game? Yes, of course it changes the game. Because four versus five is a different number. Yep. But how much is a twenty percent change worth? Yeah, and exactly. Yeah. How much does it, does it make it worth? you feel this guy's actually that different than the next guy? Exactly. If you're not into just like optimizing based on, if you're not playing yes. the game just to be like, oh, I've optimized everything. Yes. Which I will try to do in games that let you do it. But if the yeah. game's not based around that, yeah, then you just kind of don't. That's that's a good point, right? Like all of these little tweaks and and having like a super advanced stat line Mm -hmm. what is it there for is it is it really for the people who want to optimize their list and i think a a lot of ways it is yeah right when you play it out especially when uh these people don't have choices like a unit let's say they only ever when they attack if their attack only ever does five damage and it never does four damage then uh given like what is the there's no tactical advantage of giving them four versus five. It doesn't add tactical depth to when you're playing. It has tactical depth to when you're choosing your guys, right? Oh, yeah, okay. So a lot of it is just like allowing people to tweak and choose and optimize armies, right? That part of the game. It creates that part of the game by putting that granularity in. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then because it's only four versus five damage, it's like you spend hours before the game to optimize... I don't know, five, ten percent advantage, mm-hmm. right? Just I guess fun. It's like totally part of a hobby. But then yep. it goes back to like what we we're talking about before. If I'm playing with my, if I'm trying to create a game that is as simple as possible, mm-hmm. I guess back to the original question. I totally understand why you'd put it in, but if you want the simplest game possible, do you? How much of that do you need? Like, do you need? Like two rolls for a guy to take damage. Do not need two rolls. Yeah. Like or do you need mm-hmm. a guy to do four versus five damage? Yep. Right? Or could you put it into like a separate part of the stat line, kind of like Frostgrave does, mm-hmm. where depending on your weapon, you increase your damage or decrease your damage. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. do you just be like, oh, everyone does the same amount of damage? Yep. Like how? I think what is the simplest you could actually minimize? And I mm-hmm. think when we talked about it after playing Frostgrave, I think we realized that one dice roll is kind of enough. Yeah. To, for the damaging. But then you you kind of need multiple life on the guy, usually. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You still need a difference of toughness. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about, well, do you want life or do you want armor? Well, I feel like the thing that's more important is life. Yep. It, it's not necessarily more important. It's the the way that I would want the game to play is life is seems like a better way to play it out so that you don't get stuck in the all-or-nothing trap. Yep. Where at, if the first in the first game, if mm-hmm. your guy who has super heavy armor dies, so I think that's, what happens then? Like, I think right? that's highly relevant to a skirmish game. If you were playing like a large scale game where you have like the fifty plus guys, mm-hmm. then okay, fine, one guy just dies, but you've got but nine then, more of them, and then but then the number of guys is basically your life. Exactly, they're just tokens. Yeah, that's a so. harsh way of seeing them, but yes, <laughs> they, you can create life by just having. Life, more guys a life yeah. stat line by just being like oh this unit has five guys oh this unit yeah. has eight guys it's yeah that's true it's basically just creating a life meter yeah and then if you have a skirmish game you, you and, don't have the number of yes. guys so each and, guy has and to act honestly if there's too many guys keeping track of everybody's life with little tokens is just unmanageable yeah. but that's why realistically the one life dudes are actually just like tokens often yeah that's true mm-hmm. and even they, they even did that in uh, Warhammer 40k Apocalypse Right, like literally, they everyone like a a thirty man unit is still thirty guys, 
But literally, when you play them, you don't remove them off the table. You just put wood counters on. Mm-hmm. So a 30-man unit doesn't lose guys. This is a 30-man unit with extra life. It's like six life instead of two life or something like that. Yep. And so that's literally they do, like, you know, it's, it's I guess the precedent is there. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I think we said that for the minimum game, you just, you do need a rule to see what happens, mm-hmm. and then maybe ways of modifying it, basically, to make the guys feel different. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think you do mm-hmm. need some modification, because like you said, there is fun in... Just the better fighter, you yeah, want to know if a guy's a better want, fighter. You want some differentiation, mm-hmm. although technically, for the simplest game possible... <laughs> so one of my friends uh, at, at work, uh, I was telling him about miniatures games, and he's like, "Oh, what's what is the big deal about miniatures games, right?" And I'm like, "Okay, let me show you. Like, I, let me just basically just show you the simplest stripped down version of a miniatures game. I think I might have told the story." Um, and I took two uh, highlighter markers, and I'm like, "This is your guy." <laughs> This is my guy, and here's the, like these are my two markers, and these are your two markers. Yeah. All right. I move my guy one marker, and then I can, uh, if I get close enough, I can hit you. All right. Oh, I, I moved here. Oh, I can't hit you. All right. Your turn. You move there. And then. All right. Now I can hit you. All right. Let's flip this coin. <laughs> this is exactly what, what I did. I had two coins. I'm like, okay. I flip two coins. If I get two, two, or, or if I get at least one heads, then I hit, then I hit you. Oh, I hit you. All right. And, and then we just played it out. Oh, even the coin. Retreat. Even the coin flip is like. A very tense moment. You're like, come on. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Then you have this gambling, the gambling thing, and he's like, exactly. oh, wow. This is actually pretty fun. I could see why if you add, add those kind of layers, it would be super fun. Like, literally, I was using markers and coins mm-hmm. to show and moving As, it around the, around the desk, right, because we are at work. And I showed him, like, the fun of the kind of game. So, technically, I guess that is the minimum you need. Mm-hmm. Although, I don't know. If that has any replayable value, yeah. <laughs> Playability of marker fight with, with uh, coins. Yes. So, uh, yeah, but like to a level where it has some depth where you can continually play it. Continually mm-hmm. play it. So I guess we're kind of like beat around the bush. But we obviously, we talked about it a lot. We actually did, after thinking about this and talking about it a while, we did come up with, decide, like, why don't we just write this down and see what the game is actually like. Yeah, well, what we would consider to be like enough to be a rule set where you can like have a real battle and you feel like yeah. each of your guys is unique. Yeah. You feel like what they're doing kind of matters and you feel like there's tactics to it. Yeah, so I guess if you can tell, what we put in is we had movement, yep, uh, close combat fighting, mm-hmm. a shooting stat, yep, and life. And in, for for the person, we basically had one, like for every guy, everyone has one baseline stat of every single one because we're like, does everyone act? Do we need to actually create five different? Do you profiles? need to have five profiles, or could you just alter the same guy to create the next profile? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, so that's what we did. So, like in the rules, it actually simplified things a lot. This is the base profile, mm-hmm. and then you just add modifiers. It's so like, okay, I want to create an archer, but everybody already shoots. So if I want a good archer... Oh, that's another thing. We, we made yep. everyone cl- ha- be able to fight and everyone to, able to shoot a bit. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. The, basically, to make it fit every sort of, like, not scene, but every sort of... Type of army that you have. Every type of army, every type of era. Like, okay, usually someone's going to have, like, some something to throw at the other person maybe or they have like a handgun uh, or whatever depending on there's mm-hmm. a lot of ancients where you don't they didn't have any they didn't throwing have weapons but 
you know. But we're but we said screw that. Mm-hmm. I guess technically we do have a rule. We we did cover that off, but oh, you can just give away your yeah. You can also give away like okay, you can give away your shooting weapon yeah. if you want to be better at fighting. Yeah. Like, that's, so that's exactly mm-hmm. I guess how we set things up, right? Yep. We're like, okay, so if you have a base stat line, that actually simplifies things a lot. Mm-hmm. Removed armor saves because we're like, oh, well, maybe you just roll off, right? Uh, and and we were, honestly, I still wasn't sure if that was going to work out, right? Because we basically, we you when you fight, you both roll off and whoever wins damages the other guy, yep. right? But auto damages the other guy. So then how do you make a tougher person? Well, you just make... You have, life, have more life. you have life points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have life points. So then you have more life. Yep. And right? if you want to make a tougher guy, they have more life. Yeah. And then we did make it. So there is the problem of tracking life, but by keeping it a skirmish level game, mm-hmm. it actually wasn't that hard to track people's lives. Yeah, if you only have 10 guys on the board yeah. and they only take 3 damage or yeah. 4 damage, not that hard to track. Yeah. And then. And we bas- basically, I think the idea was, okay, I want to create this sort of thing on the board. Like, I have this mini. Uh-huh. I want to use it to something. All right, yeah. what abilities need to be in the game to let me, like, I've built my ranger, okay? Mm. The ranger, maybe the ranger is not as tough as everybody else, mm-hmm. but, oh, it's better at shooting. Yeah. And, oh, but I want to be faster as well. What does it take to make, like, to create this unit on yes. the board to be, to, to be the thing, like, that I want to play with? And is one base profile enough? To, to create with all mo- these different with a armies you think of. Yeah. And when we actually calculated it out, it worked out pretty well. Like, mm-hmm. we gave better at shooting, better at fighting, uh, longer range, uh, more, more damage. damaging, mm-hmm. faster. And then, uh, oh, and helping two different ways of helping someone else yep. out. Right? Uh, and then. We, we needed some then we want then the question was how do you get like a swarm army I want to play my like my rats army yeah so how do you get your rats army okay maybe they're there are negatives mm-hmm. so slower right if you want to play orcs right maybe they are tougher but they're slower so you have some negatives you can put on a guy so you need maybe they have slower. no gun maybe they have no shooting weapon because yeah. they're just an orc with a big axe exactly mm-hmm. so if you're playing ancients I guess that then you have no shooting no shooting slower mm-hmm. worse at fighting and less life yep and then when we covered those off, we're like, actually, that's that's mostly what you <laughs> really need mm-hmm. for, for uh, I don't know, modeling all your different guys. And, of course, it's going to be a little bit coarser than, like we talked about, right? Coarser than uh, one guy doing four damage versus one guy doing five damage. But it was different enough, I felt like. Because every buff that we added in, or and every negative that that you put in, made each guy significantly different. Exactly, mm-hmm. it made a significant difference. And and the thing is, by keeping it super like small, like we don't have willpower, we don't have other things, we just had like four stats, right? Yep. It makes it easier to pick up. And so, the one thing I was worried about. Is oh, okay, that... we'll, we'll get back to that thing later. Anyways, okay, this sure. is a much later thing. Uh, the one thing I was worried about is. Well, we've simplified these things down, right? We have one core stat modified by like what up to three buffs and one negative, mm-hmm. right? And then you could also and and then you we had some basic movement things and basically some basic uh, terrain affecting, right? Like if you want to move over something or you want to climb up, you have to roll a d6, and literally if you just roll a one, it fails, it fails mm-hmm. which is honestly it's like uh, taken from Lord of the Rings. I thought that was really good. Okay. 
It's similar to, to Lord of the Rings. And I'm like, well, you need some sort of modification, but you don't want to make it super complicated. You don't want to have right? a bunch of math. Yeah, and that's the other thing is like when you play so many games, the, the normal difficult terrain thing is you have speed, mm-hmm. right? But that's actually more complicated because you make <laughs> the people that are playing do math. You have to divide the thing by half, which is, I guess, technically, if we have only one speed, everyone has one speed, I guess maybe you could just it's, say it's basically one number speed. or the other number. Maybe yes. you could have, but, but we didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then I was like, oh, maybe this was too simplified. And then we played. So we had, obviously, the next thing is you have to test it out. Is it too simplified? And we played it. And I was like, wow, this actually works really, really well. Mm-hmm. I guess we, we did miss, I think, so we're going to talk about the one kind of thing. Like, you need a certain level of tactics and everything to make a game make sense. You do, which often I find for a lot of games comes around the missions. Mm-hmm. Like if you're just there beating each other up, the whole goal is just like figure out There's how to do as no much goal, damage yeah. as possible, so which is yeah. almost no goal. Mm-hmm. You're just like, okay, I'm going to put my army into this mm-hmm. this position and then attack. But to avoid that, I find that games that have really well-developed mission systems mm-hmm. can often overcome that. Yeah. So obviously we have to, we have to come up with missions, uh-huh. which... Maybe those will be like more complicated, more complicated, almost. or maybe like the intro will or become simple, simple, simple complicated, or they could be simple, or just enough mm-hmm. to make things different. Yep. But how did you find it when you played it? I, I absolutely was surprised about how stripped down the game could be while maintaining all the excitement and the of the game because we still have movement, and since yep. everyone has a gun, uh, shooting actually mattered and and maneuvering around mattered and and if there's anything blocking we did say it changes the shooting so that actually matters yep and then with the alternative of getting in close combat where to prevent the guy from shooting and then we did add one more thing to make uh, flanking matter is whenever you win a a fight in close combat you push the guy one inch or they have to move one inch away yes that's so it changes the tactical positioning. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if they can't move the one inch, they take another damage. Yes. Which then means that outflanking a guy and surrounding a guy really matters. Because a lot of games will have like facings, mm-hmm. which does take a lot of time to make sure you guys are positioned properly. Mm-hmm. You've got to model the guys exactly one way. Mm-hmm. And there's always like debates over whether they're facing the right way. Mm-hmm. So at least that aspect creates a way of their, their positioning mattering more. Yeah, and I was surprised that that worked really well, and it's pretty simple. It's like, when you win a fight, they have to move one inch away. If they can't move the full one inch, they take damage. Yep. And it, it kind of models the whole, like, Put- outflanking, hitting people. Yeah, and there's like- also the rules of the guys that can benefit buffing your guys, which mm-hmm. ends up mattering as well. Yeah, and it feels like having a sword fight where you, yeah. you hit the guy, and the guy has to, like... Yeah, back, back off. It's kind of like a fencing. Yeah, I, I think fencing thing. It's the thing that I feel like in skirmish battle, uh, skirmish games, it's getting more and more popular. Like we played a lot of games with pushback. Like Frostgrave has pushback. Yeah, Arena Rex. Arena Rex has mm-hmm. pushback. That's almost the main thing of Arena Rex. Yes, it's just kicking the other guy yeah, into the lions. The guy, yeah, mode. exactly. Mm-hmm. And then they attack them. Uh, I think Lord of the Rings again has has pushback. I think those those are the three that I remember right now mm-hmm. but they're all like really important and interesting parts of the game yes. basically you want to be able to if you're fighting on on a, on a wall or a ledge you want to have a fight where you can somehow push the guy off <laughs> yeah and, and you want a mechanic for like oh we've we've triple teamed this guy yeah. is there an advantage to triple teaming him and yeah the question is do you do math to change that mm. do you get bonuses or like we 
It's like, a part of the pushing thing. Mm-hmm. I think that was one of the things that was interesting because I, I did think, oh, maybe you should have a bonus for double teaming a guy. Yep. But we kind of put that into the special rules, right? Like there are certain guys who can uh, support another guy. But built into the pushing thing meant that if you double or triple team a guy and surround them, then when if they beat you in a close combat, even though they don't get, even though you're not more likely to win the combat, mm-hmm. if they win the combat, you just get pushed back and take one damage. But if you win the combat, they don't get pushed back and they take a second damage from that because they can't get pushed back, which makes the flanking and and. And cutting people off matter. Yeah, it makes the tactical positioning matter quite a bit. It's not just about, oh, I just put two guys in base to base. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you have to like be positioned properly to make yeah. your surrounding of them work. If you're both just standing right in front of them, okay, it's good. You've got more attacks. Yeah. But your positioning like needs to be on point too. And the and the interesting other part is that because everyone can shoot, uh, you wanna have cover, right? You wanna be next to cover so that it's harder for them to hurt you. Right? Because yeah. you get bonuses like from from uh, defending against the guy who shoots you while mm-hmm. you're in cover, but yeah, also by being in cover, that means that if they try and surround you, no, they don't. Now you're up against the. You could be up against the wall and not escape. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Maybe you can't escape if you're in a corner. The only one guy will then then uh, lock you in there, yeah. and if you lose, you take a second damage. Like, I'm in this cubby hole. I have cover from all sides. <laughs> yes, yeah. but yes, but then if you close combat, and I was just, mm-hmm. I was actually really surprised at how simple our game ended up being and playing yeah. how much it maintained all these different tactics and these things that you want right yeah. so i think bringing it back to frostgrave being fun to play a bunch of times or not that i found mm-hmm. originally playing frostgrave was like uh oh, the consequences of this mm-hmm. meh but then after playing the campaign and be like oh okay i've built up all this like stuff as my mm-hmm. warcaster i'm like i've got enough money my guys don't actually matter anymore mm-hmm. but like the gathering of stuff actually matters Mm. I'm like, oh, this this is actually like more entertaining. I care more about the game, every so, individual so game. You, but like the base rule set of the game, I'm just like, oh, it's just gonna be another game for Osgrave, whatever. When we were just playing like mm-hmm. one-off armies, uh-huh. so I think for our game, to be fair, mm-hmm. I kept on trying to like make you use multiple, like the same guy, multiple times, and saying you you gotta use the bring the same guy every single time. You're like, no, I'll just re-roll another one. Yeah, but there's so no explanation. That was I told you many times you gotta build up the guy. I don't understand. But I'm anyways. like, yeah, the stats are just gonna be higher. It's just gonna be no. <laughs> but yeah, it's the yeah. same as yeah. yes. But like your stats also build up in Frostgrave. Mm-hmm. But you're like, eh, it's just a different number I'm rolling towards. Whatever, yeah. that's not a big deal. I'm glad that you you finally felt saw the light about the campaign thing. Uh-huh. About how much more fun it it, it, it mm-hmm. adds, especially with the death of the guys. So oddly, though, with Rangers of Shadow Deep, which is basically mm-hmm. the same rule set, your guys don't yeah, so much magic. Yeah, yeah, your guys don't so much gather items. They gather. They, few. Yeah, they don't. They don't. Your your like, helpers aren't gathering items. Well, you get like very few items. Mm-hmm. It's not the point of the game. Yep. But them being with you and not dying for the next mission is important, and their stat line increasing actually matters in that game. Yeah. Whereas in Frostgrave, the the fact that you can just like, oh, the guy died, I kick him out and I buy another guy who's yeah. the same. Whereas, the two people that matter are your wizard and apprentice. Yes. Technically, even your apprentice is not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. But oddly, in Rangers of Shadow Deep, they've constructed the game so that as you play on, yeah. you're trying to build up your helpers. Yeah. Like you I build up a bit, yeah. but the increment that you build up in 
Rangers isn't so big as the increment that your helper is actually. Yeah, can well, build relatively up speaking, because because yeah. you start off you only powerful. have one, you start off really powerful, mm-hmm. and you only have one of you. Yep. But you have seven helpers, so each helper builds up, right? Which, yeah, if you only have one helper, okay, yep. obviously the changes of your interest matters more. But mm-hmm. when you have seven helpers, yeah, so now I care about who they are. Yes. And now I have helpers that just have my cool shit, and there's the helper that has to stand in the front. <laughs> He's yeah. on the front lines, and whatever happens to him happens to him. And I, I think that was so, definitely mm-hmm. by design because of the way that the games, uh, what we're, they're trying to represent, right? In Frostgrave, you are literally like supposed to be a greedy wizard who doesn't really care about, <laughs> about these mm-hmm. basically hired mercenaries and thugs that you're, you're hiring to help you get more information. Like, part of the thing is of the game is you will. If you find a t- tomb of uh, spellcasting, you refuse to give it up, even if you never ever like learn the spells, because you're just hoarding knowledge, and yeah. that is almost uh, fulfilled by the fact that your your mooks are just mooks, and you don't care if they ever die, and mm-hmm. they don't get better, so you don't fall in love with your your swordsmen, even if they killed five guys. You fall in love with that axe. Oh, that sword that they had. Like, yeah. oh my God. Like, no, don't lose the sword. I uh-huh. really want that. Yeah, so I guess it matters that the yeah. gameplay fits the theme. It fits the theme. Mm-hmm. Whereas Rangers, you're supposed to be a noble hero who cares. Like, you don't care about the treasure, actually. You no. care about helping uh, helping your, helping your, your side. Helping your, like... Win this war. Helping your empire and then helping the people you find out in the wilderness yeah. that's how you advance yourself yes and that that theme then lends itself to having your your support guys mm-hmm. build up as well yeah. so also I, it's single player so yes so I think then for simple games like the fun can't be around like the arcane knowledge the, f- the fun can't be based around like super tactical play it's got to be based around well you want to well it can be it can be super tactical it can play because be. like you so look at to, chess mm-hmm. and so you to look create at it. go yeah so i guess then to create it if the individual guys aren't super complicated mm-hmm. to create the tactical play i guess the objective needs to be interesting the objective and the maneuvering yep i feel like so there has um, to be a reason for maneuvering yeah you look at mm-hmm. games what makes miniatures games so tactically deep is certainly the maneuvering which, which is honestly why I feel like 40k is foolishness is, as far is a as lot less, go. well mm-hmm. it's a lot less tactically deep because movement means a lot less and to make it tactically deep you have to have giant pieces of terrain that block line of sight so that mm-hmm. <laughs> outflanking and, and hiding actually matters right yeah. which um, it's not built to be tactically deep but whereas something where flanking and outmaneuvering and in some ways movement matters like that's basically chess is is maneuvering mm-hmm. and like even go it's supposed to represent maneuvering of controlling territory right and this that's so like giving a guy the ability to move five inches on a board has an infinite number of possibilities yep if your guy moves faster than the other guy mm-hmm. if there's things to race over it starts to matter yeah, if and, or mm-hmm. or moving with other people, right? And exactly. So then, once you, it, there's not an infinite difference in, because you know the infinite number of possibilities. Because you, have, it can move four, four point five, four point five five, right? Mm-hmm. There has to be a, a difference in, in it. But 
it's the easy it's the simplest rule to add the most depth is movement yeah. so if you you should focus on I feel like movement and interaction with obstacles it's the easiest way to create a lot of tactical depth in the game yeah I would say so and basically having missions that revolve around mm-hmm. having to go somewhere as opposed to like in some 40k games where yeah. the guys never seem to move <laughs> Because the, the mm-hmm. most tactical thing is to sit in terrain and then shoot everything with long-range weapons. Ooh, tactically deep. You mean like whirlwinds that just shoot without <laughs> even seeing your opponent? <laughs> I seen a person. But uh-huh. that's the tactical depth of Maybe. having terrain big enough that your whirlwind can hide from getting shot. Maybe one day I'll play Infinity <laughs> that way. Oh, wait, Infinity has good missions, so you don't just take yes. indirect fire and then hide. Yeah, and then that's, okay. that's the best way to play. Uh-huh. Although there are certain missions that are. but They would lend themselves, but it's usually yeah. not. It's very few of them. Mm-hmm. so I guess then to build the depth I guess either it needs interesting missions or you feel feel like you're building towards something which either you go through like basically it becomes a campaign at that point where you're mm-hmm. looking at like either you can be it can be interesting in the context of that one game which is the mission or it can be interesting in the context because actually Frostgrave has some quite good missions in the campaigns yeah it has a lot of good missions Oddly. actually honestly a lot of the supplemental material mm-hmm. like you have the base rule book and to be fair, they had another rule book that like patched the rules, but I feel like it was literally a patch to the rules. Yep. It was like it was a one point five edition, right, on Maze of Malcor. Mm-hmm. But it didn't add rules, it just changed them. But every other book, every other supplement, the two main I mean maybe the three big things are different monsters, which is not even a main no. part of the game. No. It's just kind of cool. You're just like, is the monster big? Is the monster not big? <laughs> this is all I really... It doesn't really change. Is the like, mo- does the monster need magical weapons? Oh, God, no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the monsters... And, and that was in the base game, mm-hmm. right? So these random monsters that show up is is the thing. Or magic items, which we talked about. like which Magic items, I guess, builds up your characters. And then missions. It's a way of doing the campaign, I guess. Like, does your campaign based around mm-hmm. gathering stuff? or Yeah, like, you're it, allowed to gathering different things, right? Mm-hmm. So that emphasizes uh, what do you, the, the campaign changing of your guys, right? What makes your person grow and be unique, mm-hmm. right? Is those magic items. And then to keep things interesting is missions. That's So in some ways, the two main things are the missions and the magic items yep. in every book. Yeah, and I would say certain games are all just based around the mission, like 40K Infinity War Machine. Mm-hmm. The missions are very, like, everything's very tactical. Yeah, well, also the way that they keep on making things more interesting uh, is by adding units. Yes, and the arcane Jane knowledge part, yes. Sorry, the arcane knowledge in those games, well, maybe not so much 40K. No? The arcane knowledge in 40K is pretty pretty deep. Um, of, like, the special abilities each shallow. class have. No? Okay. No, because each book has all these different special uh, command point abilities uh, okay. and things like that and they, they kind of added in a, like when you when they started 8th edition they simplified it but they've literally gone back and just add, like every codex has so many special rules and so mm-hmm. many different things so they added it back in Yeah. and every codex has these tweaks to your army that you can add in to make your whole army better mm-hmm. um, which is in, in my opinion a lot of arcane knowledge and, and it does change the game it, the other thing is like it's not making it more strategic. It's just making it different. Yeah. So if you're building, so if you're building a simple game, you basically have to take out that arcane knowledge element, the, the extreme depth to each unit, and now mm-hmm. you've got to focus on the ele- other elements of the game, which are I think so, mm-hmm, which are the tactical play around the mission, and then possibly the campaign where you're you're feeling yeah. like you're part of something broader than that one. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think we, we basically took the main rules, made it as simple as possible while still having the, as maximal amount of meaningful decisions. Yep. So, like we said, movement, cover versus then getting locked in and getting pushed and, and, and hurt, right? Getting hurt more. Mm-hmm. So that means movement matters. You have a couple different, like, you can be better at fighting or you can be faster. That stuff matters. And then, uh, I guess... Yeah, that's as we, we, that's the the minimum you need, mm-hmm. I guess. At least that we felt right to still keep it interesting, uh, tactically. And then, what you're saying, which I guess technically we haven't played it enough to have like a billion missions. No. But <laughs> but you're saying to keep if you were to make it as simple as possible, the easiest way to add interest for the next game and the game after that and the mm-hmm. game after that is not to change the units of the guys which to be fair we still have a lot of different abilities to change the, the how the guys play yep um, but we don't focus on that it's easier to then just change the missions and the and why you're fighting mm-hmm. right so it's almost like if you think about it like and it makes it harder to come up with because I guess going back to Infinity, there's so many different missions, and mm-hmm. you're basically playing around the mission that yeah. there's no one perfect army. Because mm-hmm. that's true. What you have to accomplish is always different. Yes. So if you built like the best like long range force, uh-huh. okay, maybe that's completely useless because you've got to go fight over a room in the middle. And now what yeah. are those guys with their like <laughs> missiles all going to do? Yeah. So there's no one optimal army if the missions are nice and varied. That's true. And so then that it you, keeps mm-hmm. it keeps you on your toes. You're like, how am I going to use maybe my long range army? to still win a mission even though it's not optimized to take over the center right and yeah. that i think adds that is you you get that gameplay only if you're playing some sort of campaign where you're forced to not just change your army to the best close combat army for <laughs> to because you're playing it. over bat fight for the, the center room mm-hmm. yes yeah, so you're like oh okay i'm gonna change my army to just be all close combat guys mm-hmm. right so I guess one other way is possibly to randomize the missions, kind of like what Warcry did. The missions are random in Warcry. Yes, that's true. Yeah, so, there's a lot of good things in Warcry, honestly. Yeah. So that's one there's good... There's a lot of bad things, too. Yes. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Not a lot of bad things, but mm-hmm. there's definitely things. So I guess randomizing the mission also is a way of doing that. So we may mm-hmm. lean towards just randomizing the mission. Yeah, well, so they're you... very different. So that forces you to take something that is... Uh, I don't know. You you take the army that you'd want to be interested to play, and then you have to make an army that can roll with the punches, depending on the mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I I think I, I agree. And also, what that means is, if the missions change, uh, you're not uh, what do you call it? You're you don't have to force the people to understand all of the rules to start playing, because if Building your army is has a smaller set of rules. Then you don't have to know quite as much to get in. You don't have to know as much mm-hmm. to build your army. And then when you start off, even if you have 50 missions, mm-hmm. you just start with one one mission, right? And then you play that, and then you play the next. And then the complication only comes with the different missions. So you only every time you set up to play, you're like, okay, i got to read this mission in five minutes, mm-hmm. right? And then you kind of dole out the complication every mission and you can also forget the <laughs> the complication of the Rhea's mission in some ways because you're not no longer playing the mission when you move on to mission two or mission yep. three or mission four mm-hmm. so it does keep it easier to to it does manage the complication if the the complication comes from the mission 
Yep. It's a good idea. Right. I don't think we really talked about that before, but that's that's definitely a... I guess you, you were thinking about that, but you never really went out and said it before. Yep, maybe not. Yeah. I think for the... That's a good idea. I think definitely. for the space game we were creating, it had interesting missions, but we have to figure out another way to create interesting missions that's a bit different than that, that fits more into the the simple... fits into simpler mechanics. Anyways, that's that's not. I, mean, I, I would I'd say just the more missions. I like the yeah yeah more missions. I like the more just mm-hmm. the more missions. But like, what the missions in a simple game, uh-huh. like need to not be based around guys' special abilities. Like, oh, this guy is an like a tank unit. You mm-hmm. need a tank unit to do this in the game. It's like, well, okay, your mm-hmm. objectives can't be based around having all sorts of like unique abilities. Mm-hmm. They have to be more. Maybe thinking of like the Frostgrave scenarios where, oh, this thing appears in the middle of the scenario and you need to be able to like kill this yeah. thing or things like that. So it's more yeah. more, like more narrative mm-hmm. and less about like optimizing for, oh, can I go from like this gate to gate B to gate C driving in this circle mm-hmm. really quickly? Well, I hope I have a guy that's super fast and able to do all those things. Yes, and able to yeah. do this race while we fight. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But that that could be... Honestly, that's something mm-hmm. that Warcry does. They also have events. So you have the mission that you do, which is mm-hmm. different, and then you have a different thing that is the event that happens. An event that comes up that might be worth points as well? No, it nope. just changes no. the, the conditions of the game. Yeah, interesting. So that's an interesting thing you can do. And honestly, mm-hmm. depending on your event, uh, it, it would almost be interesting to to say you don't even know the event until the second turn or something like that. So yep. you're halfway through the game and suddenly this thing that you didn't realize happened. Because that sounds a lot like Rangers at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, but it makes every mission play more less like a set tact, set outcome. Yes. And more like more just thematically yeah. more story driven. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. We didn't really talk about what do you want from your game, right? Yep. In like, well, I guess we did, but about this specific thing is do you want your game to be focused on fun or like sorry interesting story driven uh outcomes mm-hmm. right uh or do you want it to be the fun to come from tactical analytical depth and outthinking your opponent and feeling to- pleasure from mm-hmm. outthinking and playing better than your opponent yep and then there's the whole thing of magic we talked about before just literally like showing up better prepared like having more researching more of the arcane mm-hmm. knowledge so yeah. knowing more of all the stat lines yeah. like the before game prep building the more optimized army uh-huh. so I guess there's, there's sort of the, the three big ways of playing a game and if you're playing if you're trying to create a simple war game I think you've got to like lean towards the story yeah I think so I think mm-hmm. it's the easiest to to come out of a more simple simple system right yep. it requires less setup like you, like you were talking about which makes the game and it requires fewer rules mm-hmm. yeah alright well I think that gives people an idea of what we think a mm-hmm. simple war game should be yeah and I think uh, we're gonna continue to play this game I think I think it's very I was actually quite impressed at how few rules it needed to maintain a lot of the uh, fun like a, uh, of, of a miniatures game so I, I do want to explore this and see Mm-hmm. See how how far down the rabbit hole we can go, or how shallow, how, sh- yeah. how, how shallow the rabbit hole can be while still being interesting to discover. Yeah, and I think it would be quite a bit different than Frostgrave, just because Frostgrave is based around gathering gathering treasure, mm-hmm. and we're we're not really leaning towards the sort of monetary accumulation game. 
Yes. So I think that's what will make it quite a bit different, even though it'll yeah. be a fairly yeah, stripped we, down we, version. We do have to see. Mm-hmm. Also, the the thing we built was simpler than Frostgrave. Yes. So the like. Oh, maybe I should play. I've played Frostgrave with my nephew to see if you I got don't know it. Why I never did that? Yeah, I was gonna say like, oh, if he if Frostgrave was too too many stat lines I going on. I just never did. I just uh-huh. I was like. No, well, what you, you know, could do is just probably what, what you could do is just play with only like four different profiles. Rather than having like, yeah. oh, I've got four books worth of sheets. But like we said, mm-hmm. it's not that complicated, the, the number of profiles. The complication comes from the missions. Most of the yeah. thing is missions and, and treasure. Um, and you can just throw away the willpower stat as well. Because yeah. it doesn't come up in that many games. And <laughs> I, maybe and maybe cut down the number of schools of magic as well. I think the reason why, mm-hmm. though, I didn't do it is because I, I play for Osgrave enough and I'm like, eh. you know what? <laughs> I want, Even if I'm doing something so fun, I do want to do something different. Right? Then we talked about secondary games or whatever. Yeah. Like, I played enough Frostgrave myself. So, sorry, sorry, nephew, even though it's it's what I feel like is an optimal game for young yeah. people. You have to play a different game. Yeah, but in reality, like, most Frostgrave missions are who got the most treasure wins. Yes, well, that's... If, you, that's, if you're playing, it as, a, if you're playing rules, it as a one-off, especially. In, yeah. mm-hmm. I think that's actually in the rules what they say. Yep. Anyways. Um, that's enough about Frostgrave? <laughs> now that we now that I, I we wrote this thing and I actually did uh, play a game with him of it. Yep. He picked it up really well and he found it, it seems like he has just as much fun with the ki- the kill team except he knows a lot more of what's going on and he doesn't turn to me and say what's this guy's stat every single time we mo- he moves a guy. For which game? For what? No, for the game that that, that we designed. I oh. literally tried it with. Oh, him. you did? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and you because because it's written down right there. He's fun. like yeah. this guy. Has oh everyone had that the same stat. It's like this everyone. guy's fast. I know what that yeah, means. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it seemed to work really well. So yeah. I, that's why I want to see how, how far it goes. Yeah. So maybe I won't go through Frostgrave, but if we play a different one, I'll, I'll probably will do Frostgrave. I don't know why I thought Kill Team. And I think the other thing that <laughs> I think the other thing that this came out of was that kids do come to like the game store we play at, mm-hmm. but they mostly just play Magic: The Gathering and RPGs. Honestly, Magic is not simple. Yes, and they play Magic the Gathering and RPGs. Yeah, and then when we were playing Infinity World, they were like, "Oh, that's cool! Is that 40k? Because that's that's what they see and hear yeah. about in the oh, store." Yeah, but it's like, My oh, doesn't see 40k though. I don't know why I introduced him to it. Yeah, it's like, oh, this board is literally too large for children to reach across. This is a problem. Maybe maybe <laughs> a smaller even, scale, yeah. less intensive thing is required if you want to get kids into these games. Oh, that's one of the the killer apps of Kill Team and uh, Warcry. But the board is physically just smaller as well. It's twenty two by thirty, and I yeah. love that because I don't have to extend my kitchen table just to play the game. Yes. Awesome. Hmm. All right. I think uh, that's a, a lot of food for thought. Yes, it is. And, well, I don't think food's going to be part of the game, but it could be a mission. Yeah. <laughs> Every, Maybe everything. you kill a guy and then you use their skin as or their meat as food. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that doesn't sound kid-friendly, but, you know. Maybe you're need... playing wolves and deer, and it's a wolf versus deer game. I think I think we or... also said that Warcry wasn't kid-friendly because it was also, oh, yeah. it's nightmare fuel with a lot it's of what true. the things look like. It's totally nightmare fuel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting that they made a game that was simple enough for kids, young kids to play, but it's definitely a little bit too creepy for like a nine-year-old. Yeah, well, maybe eight-year-old, maybe a nine-year-old starts getting. Because even back in the, the day, 40K was more just like, cheesy space guys battling each other and chaos wasn't so freaky but yeah. now now they've pushed chaos to be a little more gruesome so yeah like some guys 
rip off their face and put it on their chest and then cut off their arms and put in size instead. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe my nephew would like it, mm-hmm. but my sister would definitely not like <laughs> she, that. She, she might not be it. buying him that for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, she'd be like, no, you're um, not allowed to play it with him. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, all right. This is uh, being... Oh, do you want to talk anything more? I guess if you... Oh, well, have... Yeah? No? No. All right. Uh, this has been Alan. It's been Brandon. All right, one more thing. So if you enjoyed that podcast and want to listen to more, you can find them over at DiceOverEverything.com or uh, on your favorite podcast app. And if you want to leave a comment, message, or ideas for like more podcasts from yeah, us. Or just get in touch with us. At Facebook and look for Dice Over Everything there. All right. Bye. Bye.